0: Hi, I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome everyone back to Books and Beyond. So on this episode, we are going to be speaking to one of the most talented graphic novelists in India, Abhijit Kini. And amongst others, he's written for Tinkle, which we all know is India's leading comic series.
1: Yeah, Tara, he's super talented. I mean, he has artistic and storytelling skills. And in this episode, he shares tips for young writers and artists who aspire to be like him. So let's just get into the conversation.
2: Welcome, Abhijit. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me over.
0: Welcome. So, you know, we're super excited to have you here because we grew up reading comic books and now, you know, it's our chance to actually talk to somebody who creates them. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your books?
2: So, I mean, as a, I mean, graphic novelist, that's like a heavy word to use. And I really like it when uh, I introduce myself as a graphic novelist, because sometimes uh, when you say I draw comics for a living, people are like, "Acha, comics? Suddenly, when you say graphic novels, it suddenly sounds so much heavier. It sounds legit. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like, oh, man, you're in it for something very, very uh, heavy. You know, what is it, though? <laughs> that is the entire curiosity aspect of it. So, oh. I mean, I have been a comics fan ever since I remember, right from probably age four or something that I've been reading and collecting comics as well.
0: What was the first comic that you read? Tinkle. Tinkle. Tinkle,
2: Tinkle, of course. Tinkle was one of my first exposures to comics. And which is where I think life came a full circle for me when I started drawing for the comic myself in 2004. So Tinkle, of course, then Tintin, Asterix, and not much later was Mad. Mad and what Mad, about Archie's? <laughs> Archie's were, were there every now and then. but I wasn't like into the Archie fandom as much. As, you know, a lot of my other classmates in school or later college also were in. Because, you know, what used to happen was Archie was so much more accessible. Uh, People were more used to seeing Archie on their bookshelves.
1: Yeah, actually, I began reading comics to Archie's.
2: But I was a guy who used to look for the other comics. So I used to go to the bookshops, Raddiwala's especially, the second-hand bookstores. In fact, in Khar market itself, there were a couple of Raddiwala's, you know, where I knew exactly which shelf they used to keep their comics at. So we used to go to give our uh, old paper and plastic junk or whatever at home. And then I used to go with dad to pick up those comics specifically. <laughs> and so I used sweet. to ask him, yeah. my exams are over. Now I need five comics more. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when I think the whole comic collecting thing began. And uh, yeah, I, know, I mean, I used to keep doodling and sketching every uh, opportunity I used to get, you know, uh, envelopes, newspapers at home. And you are self-taught. So self-taught. How, how-
1: How did that go about?
2: Well, uh, for one, I noticed that after my um, schooling, I had a choice of going into formal art training or going for some media-related courses. And uh, I figured that cartooning, per se, I would not call it a silly decision or whatever it is. But I thought I don't want to be molded by anything right from the start. If I'm doing something in my own style, I'd rather stick to it. And that is when Bachelor of Mass Media started, BMM started in Mumbai University. And we were the first batch of it. So I could do my advertising studies or whatever alongside. I used to doodle and freelance alongside college. And uh, yeah.
0: What are some of the first stories that you came up with, the first comics that you came up with?
2: First comics, in fact, in school itself, I used to draw some. I mean, I used to be so excited to see a Ninja Turtles cartoon or a comic. I used to actually uh, draw something called the Ninja Frogs. You know, So Ninja Frogs, I think, were one of my first <laughs> comics I must have doodled when I was in class three or four. But um, professionally, uh, In Tinkle was my first published comic and strip. And how
0: did you get that break?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's another, that's a fun story, actually, to talk about. So my mom, you know, my parents were always aware that I'm into comics, and they used to buy me the comics I wanted i was never the guy who used to ask for gadgets or video games or anything i was always a comics guy
1: we can so relate we just ask for
2: books <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying then i was never the video game kid the book girl and i used to look at my friends play all these uh nintendos and these oh, Tabi it used to be the cassette wala cartridges right. i used to play it with them for five months and i used to go back to my comics So they knew that I was into comics and Tinkle was one of my first loves, you know, (laughs) if you want to call it that. So my mom took me to meet uh, the late uh, Anand Pai.
1: Yeah, we read that, yeah.
2: And that was in class 8 or 9. And that was my big fanboy moment. And I was like, you know, there's Anand Pai himself. He got me to meet uh, Savio Mascarenas, who had uh, also been on the Tinkle team for the last few years before that. And um, he, I mean, they got me to sketch a short comic just because, you know, I mean, they wanted to humor me. And Uh,
0: that comic related to the tinkle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was
2: a short story. It was a small little joke with the one-page jokes. I drew it. I sent it. Uh, Uncle Pai sent me a letter back saying, it's nice, but uh, you're still in school, so we won't be publishing it. Maybe once you are ready after your education or whatever, you know, once you have a good portfolio, we'll... Of course, that's the stuff he would write to kids.
1: But that's so encouraging, actually. It
2: is. In fact... um, That actually got me to sketch even more aiming to, you know, break into it. And in 2004, I went back again because by then I already had a portfolio with magazines and newspapers. So tell us about your first break. The first ever break was uh, before, I mean, the first official newspaper magazine, newspaper slash magazine was Jam. And I think my peer group, a lot of people started with Jam magazine back then. So I used to do these little doodles for them. I used to do some music reviews for them. But um, even before that, I was on a holiday to my native place, Mangalore, and my one of my grandparents' I'm neighbors... I'm
1: Mangalorean. Really,
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So my grandparents' neighbor was an ex bank manager. Uh, not just a manager, he was a banker, big shot banker. So he was coming up with a book on banking, uh, types of managers, types of people, and he wanted someone to doodle out those little cartoons. That, officially, is my first printed uh, piece of, you know, cartooning. I love that. (laughs) I was in class 11 or 12 that time.
0: So, when you started at Tinkle, was it the same editor or was it somebody different?
2: It was. was How is it
0: working with your mentor now?
2: (laughs) Yeah, in fact, uh, Uncle Pai was um, uh, there in 2004. He probably didn't remember that one uh, encounter we had back in 97-98, but I reminded him. And uh, there was uh, Reena Puri. Savio, all the team members were there. And uh, the first ever story I got was something called How the Zebra Got its Stripes. (laughs) You know, a very funny kiddy story.
1: We love the humor in your books, by the way. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you. (laughs) And, uh, you know, my my style was a little too extreme back then for like a tinkle story. So I had to kind of tone it down. I had to kind of uh, make it a little softer. But we got some good response for it. And I think since then I've been drawing for them. (laughs) <laughs> nice. So how do you get ideas for your stories? See, if when it comes to my own comics, like the ones I publish, like Angry Maoshi or Fanboys, these are characters based on everyday life. You know, I just have to look around and we are living in a city like Mumbai or a country like India where all you need to do is look around to get subject.
1: Like the Rhyme Fighters, the unsung oh, yeah. heroes.
2: Oh, absolutely. Rhyme Fighters India. is about everyday Mumbai cars. There are, there are these people we come across, there are these people we see we might not think too much about them, but if they're not there on that scene, our life in a city will not be the same. So it can be your traffic cop, it can be a fisherwoman, it can be a boot polish wala, pan wala, you know, all these people. And I call them the real superheroes of our everyday lives, you know. So that is where I think most of my inspiration comes from, everyday people. So For the, what is
0: the process of uh, actually, you know, creating a comic book? So how long does it take you?
2: So I think there are certain comics, I mean, I make it sound like all technical and, you know, this is how I went about it. But sometimes it's a matter of seven to eight days for me. Oh, because, really? Yeah, because uh, I I would have that idea at the back of my mind, but I would never, I mean, people would hate me to say this when I say this, because I actually teach this in a couple of institutes how to go about...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Yeah,
2: but, but um, sometimes I have these... Um, Ideas at the back of my mind and then I just need to storyboard it quickly and then get started on the production part of it. So because there are other deadlines, because there are other commission projects uh, and comic cons, working on my own comics sometimes gets a little difficult giving it time, you know. So eight days, ten days, there were a few comics I finished in four. So the process generally is have the concept, kind of work around how many pages it's going to be for the story and uh, split it up into panels. Decide which ones are the wider ones, which are the full-page ones, and add as much as uh, action to it if it's an Angry Moushi comic, or add as much as uh, story to it, like, for example, the Ek Din comic that I have, which I've got here.
0: So do you write the text out first, or is it the other way around?
2: <laughs> I. It can happen both ways. So sometimes I feel that uh, maybe something I've, I've got in mind, like a layout I have in mind, Commands a certain sort of dialogues, I work the other way around. Otherwise, it's generally text first, art later.
0: And what makes for good dialogue in a comic book?
2: It has to be snappy, and people don't want to read as much. If it's a comic, it has to be a balance between the amount of words and the artwork. So you need to be very concise. Uh, snappy, have sound effects as many funny ones or impactful ones. Yes, especially. I, like, not- I yeah. like the
1: idea of sound effects actually. Yeah, like we noticed <laughs> yeah. with the rhyme. Like yeah. it, was, it was interesting. I was reading <laughs> it for the rhyme actually.
2: <laughs> Thank you. That was an experiment by the way. Rhyme Fighter was a complete experiment and I was kind of pleased with the positive responses we got a few of them hated it as well (laughs) they were like this is too short and this is too yay for that money we are paying but it's self-published i mean we put in the money ourselves we printed ourselves we retail it ourselves so obviously self-published comics would be a little more expensive for lesser pages generally i mean is
0: there a market for you know mainstream you know traditional publishing houses to publish these sort of works uh, but why did you choose to self-publish?
2: See, my first experience with self-publishing was pitching Angry Mochi. When I did pitch it, they said it's way too adult, way too extreme, and way too political, also at times to uh, But it's for adults, right? So here's the sad part. In India, comics is still seen as a children's medium. Yeah, we were no. gonna <laughs>
0: ask you that answer, yeah.
2: <laughs> So that is where the entire issue lies. You know, people's minds are still very f- narrow when it comes to comics so here's where things like comic cons help you know all age groups come over they're curious to see what's happening on the indian comic scene that is where we introduce this is for you this is for your kid your kid can't read this but you'll enjoy it that is something i enjoy i i kind of love promoting to you know the older age groups and most of my comics that i have published is for 16 and above most of them not all of them so
1: i've actually attended a comic con in bangalore like a okay. few years ago okay and i noticed that there was a different section for the indian artists yes. you know indian comics and western yes. and surprisingly most of the people were drawn to the western comics have you experienced this and that happens what do you think
2: that still happens and it happens in all comic cons and i don't blame people
1: so why do you think indian artists don't get as much exposure
2: because i think the western comics juggernaut has been around forever you know, and uh, all these American publishers, you know, DC Marvels and all these people have been around for like 70, 80 yeah, years. What a is the
0: Indian comic book scene like in India? You know, we know of you, but we don't know of many others. True.
2: See, there are about five to six artists slash publishers like me, like independent artists and publishers like me who have been churning out comics on a very regular basis. But there have been standalones as well and there are quite a few independent creators who are on the scene today. So that is where, you know, like a Comic-Con or any of these indie fests that happen, Indie Comics Fests and all these other comic platforms, we get to showcase what we have done, you know. And Comic-Con gives us a chance to come on stage and talk about it, promote it, gives us press. So what happens is that Indie the comic scene, though small, is having, you know, a sizable number of eyeballs attracted to it And what's the right
0: scope now? for, you know, um, people who want to get into comic books and who want to write comic books?
2: See, I mean, scope-wise, a lot of uh, newcomers would come and ask me this, is there money in it? You know? Can you make yeah. a living out of it? So I'm like... None of us are billionaires or trillionaires or anything. <laughs> yeah <laughs> We love what you said about it, that you do it for the satisfaction. Absolutely, I do it for the satisfaction. I go by that saying with a very cliched one, love what you do, do what you love or whatever that is. But we are in it for the passion.
0: But how do you sustain yourself?
2: See, what happens is an artist needs to branch out. You can't just do one thing only. And this holds true not just for comics, but for any art form. If you're drawing well, you can also go into merchandising if you have ip you can also go into pitching as other media or you know?
1: teaching like you do.
2: teaching uh, like i do i am a visiting faculty at a couple of places we actively take workshops that's a domain that we have been very active on and uh, it's me and my wife Diksha. we run you know kini studios
0: and what is your uh, drawing sketching writing routine like
2: <laughs> so i mean I've made sure there's a discipline in that sense. I mean, I wouldn't call it discipline like like a karate kid <laughs> wax on wax off or something. But I start my day, my work, at around 30, 10 o'clock. Then uh, that is when I kind of do all the commission work first. Do you
1: find it more freedom when you, you know, work on your independent comics? Because then, you know, the story is
2: yours and the art yeah. is yours. No, that happens. Although most of the comics that I do for Tinkle are characters that I have been working for since 2006 and seven. Like the defective detectives that I draw, I have been, you know, drawing that comic strip for the last, I think since 2007, six or seven. So I think it's a good 14 years. So even those comics, I feel like I own. have a good license and they've given me that. They've what about Supandi? Supandi. <laughs> Supandi? Supandi, every now and then I get a small little <laughs> Supandi comic strip to draw. And the first time I drew Supandi, I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> this is a character that everyone loves. I loved growing up. And I finally got to draw Supandi, Shikari Shambu. My yeah. favorite to draw actually is Tantri the Mantri.
0: Oh, oh really?
2: Yeah, nice. <laughs> he's pretty wicked. And he's not like the goody two-shoes, you know, children's book character. And he is actually an evil, wicked guy who's up to no good. And uh, I love drawing such characters, you know, where the eyebrows go all, you know, their <laughs> eyes go all um, squinted with anger or...
1: Like he Angry Moshi. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> so, Tantri was fun, but Supandi, I find myself doing a lot of fan art. Uh, people come to Comic Cons to get their Tinkle sign. so They'll ask me to draw Supandi. So, I've drawn a lot more Supandi as fan art. But yeah, I've drawn Supandi for Tinkle. It's uh, there's so, a very specific oh. way you draw him, especially with the head size, the kind of number of hair strands.
1: Yeah, it really stands out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sketch. Yeah. sketch. So what if an artist really, you know, wants to build a portfolio before they approach, you know, these giants like Tinkle and yeah, stuff? What yeah. would you advise to these writers?
2: It depends artists. on what they want to show. I mean, is it that they want to show their writing skills as well or only drawing? Either way, there has to be a mock comic that they have to make with as many layers of storytelling in it. So, like a book, you mean? like, huh, like a four or five page comic book and uh, pitch it. I mean, that's the best way you can go about it. That shows how you can adapt to scripts. That shows how you can come up with ideas and how you can work on layouts. So that is the best way you can maintain your portfolio.
0: And what's been your favorite character to create so far?
2: In my own domain, it is Angry Moshi, for sure. I mean, ever Why? since ever since people saw the first look of Angry Moshi at our stall at Comic-Con in 2011, there has been that level of interest about her. Hmm. <laughs> Who is she? What does she do? She's a superhero in who does not wear capes but a nawari sari she's not the typically objectified female superhero that you find in exactly
1: yeah, DC's right. and
2: Marvel's right. and all the other because my I mean sure I'm a comics geek, nerd or whatever you want to call it but my foremost issue with character designs when it comes to female characters, you can't fight crime and do all those acrobatics wearing these two-piece bikinis <laughs> with high-heeled boots. I mean, it's just 100%, too pinky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just too just It's just wrong. It's just a male subject. fantasy. Yeah. And a lot of artists yeah, have yeah, a absolutely. problem
1: with the objectifying of women because of all these comics are, you know, male-dominated. So,
2: And that has been some sort of, I won't call it a controversy, but there's always been a conversation happening between people saying, is this a male-dominated uh, thing? Is this... Is it? Targeted at... Are
0: there many more male comic artists and female, and why?
2: artists wise no. Artist-wise, I, f- I see a good mix. But I'm saying readers. Like, for example, your DC and Marvel is largely seen as a male readership. But that has changed, I feel, thanks to all the movies that have come out. It's become so much more inclusive. There have been movies which... Uh, and now, especially with the new DC wave, where they are really looking at female superheroes in the way they should be, not the objectified types. So I think there's a good mix of uh, genders today, both creators as well as uh, viewers, but largely earlier and especially in the 90s, comics was seen as a male dominated readership, which is where the two piece bikinis came in. <laughs> the 90s comics were the most objectified ones, I felt. DC and Marvel.
0: Still haven't seen many comic books which have female protagonists in that. Who day. look real and who look real, <laughs> yeah.
2: which is where Angry Mausi comes. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're so glad you you know you made that change. Like people keep talking about you know making that change, but they don't do it.
2: Yeah, I think again like the first concept about Angry Mausi is that saying you know uh, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, <laughs> and it's so true. And Maybe. we love
1: her dialogue. So, like, <laughs> how much thought do you put into, you know, the humor? I'll or the be very dialogues?
2: honest. The first time I made, I created the Angry Moushi comic, I just went all out. I was like, let's have some fun. I'll just put in as much as... Uh, no censorship, nothing. Nothing, nothing. And I, over the years, I've felt very guilty about it. But it's also been a an aspect that people have liked, that there has been a no holds barred uh, comic. And we come up with a nice disclaimer at the start saying this is for mature readers. This is not for children. So my newly launched uh, Angry marshy Citizen Pain is something which I have kept a lot of things in mind while making, especially with the kind of, uh, I wouldn't say I've lessened the bad words or anything like that, but I've kept it a little cleaner than the previous ones. So why is that? Did you
1: get feedback?
2: There has been feedback. I won't say no. And we are living in a very sensitive society today. How
0: much of reader feedback do you incorporate into your work? Not much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you can't be yourself. Yeah, I, I mean... Here's what I do. If you like it, great. If you don't love it, I'll probably come up with something in the future which you may or may not like. So that's like That's a great. Ongoing... Something for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, because if 10 people hate something, I know five have liked it. I would not want to alienate those five.
1: That's true. And I think if you keep catering to the reader's taste, then you completely forget yours. Absolutely. And how do you go about promoting these comic books? How do you increase awareness about them?
2: I think we're living in a in the times of a internet marketing or whatever you want to call it. You know, we use social media. We use um, Insta, Facebook ads. We use these events like Comic Cons, reaching out. We have our own e-commerce. Do you like website.
0: doing all of that?
2: Oh yeah, oh That's yes, good to know. oh yes, 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 yes. Because interactions, Comic Cons, and all these other events are about interactions. And when you meet people who are reading your comics, it's always nice to see their reactions or hear them out. I'm not saying again. I'm not going to incorporate everything they tell me. But there are certain things that I would love to hear from them. The book signings are also awesome. And all those quick sketches that they asked me to do. It's, it's so much fun doing that.
0: What is that one piece of advice that you tell all your students?
2: It is about maintaining a style of your own. Now, this is one issue that I've seen very often that comes up. New talent these new, you know, upcoming artists or whoever. If they want to become artists. They are so heavily influenced by anime and manga That, I mean, that's not a bad thing at all. But their art style is also anime and manga. That is where my problem, my problem personally lies. Their art style has become that.
0: They don't have their own vision.
2: I feel sometimes that, you know, you read something, you get influenced, fair enough. But when you create something, use that wherever possible, but don't make it look exactly like it.
0: So, What are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in your journey?
2: First, I think it it was about the fact that I'm self-taught. So since I didn't have a you know certification or a degree from an art school, it was a little difficult convincing people.
0: So why was it a challenge, you know, when you say you didn't have that formal training?
2: See, even if you can do something in a particular way which fits the bill, clients or whoever were commissioning the artworks to me would be like, but what if he does not do it because he is not formally trained? That label counted for a brief period of time. But once I got my first few breaks and the portfolio started to build up, it was easier for me to show them, you know, this is what I've done, this is what I can manage, this is what I can do. But initially this was the thing. And also as all Indian families, outside of the inner circle, like my immediate relatives, my parents, they're super supportive. But the outside circle was always like, what are you gonna do, you know, doing this? Convincing them. I mean, I I knew that I didn't have to convince anyone. It's something that you're doing on your own. But those questions, right? That was something which was really annoying to feel. So
0: how did you get over that then?
2: Are that's uh, <laughs> practice, I think. Learning your Zen, being in your zone when you're talking to certain people. You still get asked this.
1: And since you spoke a lot about support system you know we love that how you work with your wife uh, Diksha yeah, yeah. and she runs your merchandise yes. but does she also contribute to your stories like have you oh, decided yes. to co-write
2: Oh yes 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 she's got uh, co-writing bylines in a couple of them <laughs> <laughs> That's So no great. It's, it's, And do you
0: guys fight over it how do you di- There decide? have
2: been there have been arguments like if she wants a particular way the story should end or the way I see it going. And sometimes we come to a middle ground. It happens. And sometimes my mom also contributes.
1: (laughs) So family effort. So
2: everyone's part of the Kini Studios bandwagon.
1: And uh, do you feel that Indian comics rely heavily on mythology and they need to be, you know, um, experimenting with different uh, subjects?
2: I think mythology has been something that has been around for a long time in media. And it is something that our country has a lot of source material for. So, yes, there has been a lot of mythology in comics, but I think today we are seeing a lot more content come up. It has to do with a lot of Mahabharat that we used to see on TV. It has to do with a lot of uh, the Bal Hanuman's and all these other cute characters that were made into IPs. So,
1: we're going to have a little rapid fire round now, Abhijit. Okay. Okay. So, Abhijit,
0: the illustrator or the writer? Illustrator. One graphic novel that comes to mind? Watchmen. Okay. The top illustrator in India right now according
1: to you.
2: It was Mario Miranda. So, those shoes are too big to fill.
1: If it had not been uh, art or you know graphic storytelling, what would you have done?
2: A chef. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I love <laughs> I I uh, right from very young age I was totally into cooking. I used to help mom in the kitchen. I know how to cook and uh, one of my seriously I tried to follow up on uh, Catering, like the hotel management uh, institutes and all. But then, of course, I went into But it's a good backup. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yes, definitely.
0: (laughs) Your favorite adaptations of comic books?
2: You mean the movie? Movie
0: adaptations.
2: Oh, That's a tough one now. (laughs) These adaptations are not particularly direct to it. But again, I would say the closest thing I saw was 300, the movie.
1: Western or Indian comics?
2: Damn, that's a tough one. Western for the concepts, Indian for the, the the traditional roots that they try to incorporate. See, I played it safe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and some recommendations for our listeners.
2: In Indian comics, yes, uh, do try out Angry Maushi. <laughs> Please pick up Tinkle Comics the way they are today, the way the stories are told, the characters that have come in. It's so today's India, you know, and uh, they've kept with the times. So please, for people, sometimes I get people saying that you know I used to read Tinkle as a kid, stopped. Please pick it up. It's a, it's a fantastic read. Not just because I draw for them, but generally as a fan I think as well. I'll do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. super fun. It's super fun. Mad definitely. Mad magazine is a very essential uh, set of magazines for satire and humor and asterix, one of my favorites.
0: Graphic novels or comics?
2: Both are the
1: same. <laughs> <laughs> no, which
2: word do you like better? Graphic don't... novels. <laughs> Graphic novels sound serious comics sound funny so it depends where I am and what I'm talking about
1: <laughs> uh, We love talking to you Abhiji thank you so much for talking I, to us it's Thank like, you so much It's yeah. like reliving your childhood every day <laughs> I mean, you have the most coveted job And thank I love you. I mean I love your imagination I <laughs> mean, enthusiasm it's amazing
2: Thank you so much for having me in fact it was great fun talking about comics that's something I really love talking about so We thank can you. tell
1: yeah. <laughs> So keep doing what you do and we're looking forward to the next Angry thank Moshi you.
2: Thank you Thank you so much Thank you, thank you.
1: Talking to Abhijit actually reminded me of all the times I really wanted to take out time and sketch well, you know, Tara. So I sketch horribly, but I do want to get better at it. I think
0: you sketch pretty well. I've seen some of your sketches. I can't draw a straight line, but the conversation was so interesting regardless because it's another way of storytelling. And Abhijit is so full of ideas and he's so talented. And you guys should all
1: pick up his comics and see what he has to offer. And on our next episode, we'll be talking to Avni Doshi. She's the author of The Girl in White Cotton. We'll be talking to her about her writing process, her inspiration for the book, and much, much more.
0: So stay tuned for our next episode. And if you have any feedback or any other recommendations for us, reach out to us. We are at, at BoundIndia on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.